Our garden is here to teach us whatever it is we need to know. So whether it's about the fact that we're always rushing, whether it's about the fact that we don't have any time in our day for ourselves, whether it's to show us patience and resilience, putting your heart and soul into everything and then it being destroyed in a minute and having to cry and then wipe your tears up and pick it up and start again. There's a speed at which life is designed to be lived. If you're out of sync with that, the garden will show it to you very quickly. Have you ever had an idea that kind of came out of the blue, which you thought would make a really, really good business? Or maybe you're working on a passion project, busy turning it into a business right now. Well, you're going to want to listen to my next guest, Nicola Bird, the founder of The Floral Project, an amazing seed subscription box service, which is growing into a thriving business and community with thousands of members across the country, busy sowing, growing and giving beautiful flowers. Nicola, I am so thrilled to have you on my podcast. You have been such an inspiration to me. The whole reason I started sowing, growing, giving flowers, and these flowers behind me are because of you and your wonderful, wonderful floral project. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Love your flowers. What's the first thing I said before we hit record? Like, look at those flowers. Yeah, I mean, it's what? It's a really chilly day today, almost in October, and these flowers are still going strong. And it's so lovely just to have that on your desk and that little glimpse of, you know, some flowers and some nature. It's really, really lovely. So I think a really, really good place to start is just for you to tell us, for those who don't know, Mm. What is the Floral Project? What's it all about? And what gave you the idea in the first place? Yeah, happy to start. Always happy to talk about the Floral Project. So um, it started in 2020. It started out of the blue. So as one of those things where you're just pootling along in your life, minding your own business, and suddenly kind of an idea lands in your head. And, And how it kind of happened was that my husband had asked what I wanted for my birthday, which is in February. And I said, flowers, like one of those monthly flower subscription things. Can I have one of those? So they arrived through the post and I always have fresh flowers. And it was him actually that said, uh, if you care anything about the environment, I don't think that's the best present. And I was like, what do you mean? It's flowers. It's got to be good. And he said, well, go and Google it. And so I did. And I found um, all this information about how flowers are got into the UK primarily most of our flowers are imported into the UK which I didn't know and they're all um, grown over in South America or in Europe and then they're treated with chemicals and fertilizers and silver nitrate and treated and refrigerated and flown and before they actually get to our supermarket and you know floral wholesale shelves right and um so I was a bit gutted about that and um just felt ethically oh I can't ever have flowers again but then because I was kind of, I guess, because I'd been searching and looking then social media and Google and everyone's very clever. And they start, I started to see pictures and images of uh, people who were growing flowers and teaching how to grow flowers in the UK. And I was just like, it just struck me like, oh my goodness, I could, I could do that. I could grow my own flowers. And it was just a simple, it was something out of the blue, just one of those ideas that land they don't even fit with your current lifestyle right so I'm lucky we bought this house because it's got a big garden 
we kind of imagined our children running and gambling through the lawn with their friends and all the rest of it needless to say they're teenagers so they don't even come out of their bedrooms because we've got this beautiful garden we're very lucky but I've never gardened in my life and so I we inherited some roses that were here my house is called Rose Farm and so we inherited all these roses and but not really even proper proper flower beds or I wouldn't know what to do with flowers or anything so this wasn't an idea that made any sense in a logical kind of way but it was, I've, I've had this happen to me before where something lands in you and you have no choice but to comply. <laughs> so that's when I, so I started, I'm, I'm autistic. And one of the things, I didn't know I was autistic until last year, but it explains a lot, right? <laughs> but so so I, I deep dived into the subject of sowing and growing flowers, right? And so as is my way I get quite obsessional about topics and I learn everything I can about them so I learned everything everything I could and I also learned by doing by getting in the game getting my hands messy quite literally and learning as I go so I started I threw myself into it basically and I've got a patch of grass just outside I can't show it to you unfortunately but it's like just outside my my window here and I put some raised beds on it I learned how to make my own beds on top of the grass and planted into them and I and I had suddenly started growing all these seedlings and plants and it was such a joy and it was so delightful and then I started sharing what I was doing I'm on Instagram and Facebook and and then I just I realized I mean I started growing kind of for the corners of my desk like you've got there right I wanted to be able to have flowers on the corner of my desk and then as COVID started it was like oh actually I want to have flowers on the corners of my daughter's desk my son actually got into them as well um but soon I had to I realized I had grown way too many this is all our all our flower growers (laughs) you probably might have realized as well what am I going to do with 4,000 plants duration but like what am I going to do with all of these it's like I'm going to have to have a fresh vase of flowers every day on every four corners of my desk to use all these up and I didn't want to I didn't know what to do with them, but I didn't want to become a florist. I already had a full-time business. Um, I don't want to start selling my flowers from the garden. Uh, and and so, that, again, the idea just landed in my head one day when I was outside in the garden, like, well, you could just donate these. It gives you a really good excuse for growing loads. You could grow them and donate them. Then you don't have to hold back on any of this. Right. <laughs> it gave me the excuse, basically, to just get really into it. And so as I started giving them at that point, I gave them to my local age concern and they would take their volunteers who were still allowed to go and visit people at home during COVID. They um, they would go and deliver them as their befrienders and as their carers. They would go and take them out to the people. So I didn't really get to meet who the flowers went to. But as I shared that, people were like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. You know, it it feels already it feels so hard to remember, but we weren't allowed to leave our houses. Right. People were allowed to go in their gardens, but you weren't allowed to go out your own front door unless it was for an hour for exercise. It just yeah, seems yeah. so weird now, doesn't it? Definitely. But it's um, yeah. And, and people. So two things happened at that time, I think, which was people were kind of going stir crazy and wanted some a new project to get involved in. We were allowed in our gardens. It was the only place we were actually allowed to go outside so we could access our gardens. And I think at the same time, people just became really um, 
it became really obvious to us that there are people on our own doorsteps that are lonely and isolated and don't have anybody to even have a cup of tea with them, let alone bring them flowers. Yeah. And that, I think, during lockdown became became really apparent. And and also people's need to kind of contribute and do something. We were all so powerless. It's like, what can I do? And I know it sounds really silly, but, well, I can grow flowers for lonely people in my local community. You know, like everyone was starting to suddenly connect back in with their local communities and villages and everything. And so really it was a colliding of all these different aspects into this perfect moment yeah it meant that 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 was a really long answer to your question but all of those things came into play and and they it was like a massive venn diagram that all together came (laughs) together at once and the floral project got born out of the middle of all of that yeah and how amazing one is such it's one of those projects that when I first found out about you and the project and the floral project I thought what an amazing simple but incredible idea why hasn't anyone thought of this before but I think COVID did and lockdown did make us rethink and put it on our thinking caps and as you said it was about feeling powerless what can I do and community so but I think it's so lovely what you have done and the joy that you have spread and as you can see the flowers on my desk and at the moment I when I go onto the Facebook group I think you've got over 5,000 members what does it feel like to you, for you, to see kind of in talking in gardening terms, the fruits of what you what started two years ago? Yeah. So, um, I mean, one of the things I should have said, actually, just that, so the, the final part of the story, because people might be watching going, what, so what, have I sent you those flowers or how's that? Oh, right. Yeah. So then people started saying, how can I get involved? Yeah. How can I do this? So I put together seed kits, like flower kits of what I was growing in my own garden. And I, you know, we literally, we, I started ordering bigger packets of what I already had. And me and my daughter would sit and chop them up and put them into little bags and envelopes and print out all the envelopes on our home printer and pack them into boxes and tissue paper and send them out to people. So that that's kind of what, ha- like, like that was really the start of the floral project starting to spread. So people would subscribe to the monthly box, basically. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then they would sow that they would sow their own seeds, and then they would give them in their own local communities. Right. Yes. So it's not that I'm growing all the flowers and then sending them out all around the country to people to donate. Just in exactly. case, exactly. and that's an important part to make. Yeah, it's a seed, yeah, it's really a seed subscription. That yeah, so, is the one so, growing them all. <laughs> yeah. So, so how does it feel? I mean, the the feeling behind it, like I've always this is like my fourth business now, and. I know that there's there's something about having the feeling behind what you're doing that, that that's what engages people. So yeah. if you are if 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 you have a lovely feeling about the work that you get to do, and and you can share that effectively with other people, they they get drawn to it, and then they have a lovely feeling, and then they kind of reflect that back to you. With the you know there's so lots of people in our group they're posting pictures of their flowers and their stories and the reason the personal reasons why they do it and and that's really moving to me and then that kind of feeds my soul so I then have more of that in the project I want to do more for our members and then they get more out of it and so there's basically it's just basically like a massive loving yeah <laughs> I love that yeah which is like that which is brilliant and every time I get disheartened and I'm sure we'll talk about this like or moody about this 
<laughs> piles of boxes and seeds everywhere or oh it's never going to work or it's never going to get anywhere or you know it's the members when I go back and I look in the Facebook group or we get a lovely kind of email from someone saying oh this meant a load to me or a picture of a school who's growing the flowers and the kids are getting involved or you know that's what lights me up about it it's that it's those stories um and, and when you said like what so kind of what does that do for you it moves me it sometimes moves me to tears I'm like oh my god that I get to do this I get to be part of this and also it really feels like that there's this army almost of predominantly women who are all it's like a movement I did a Facebook post not so long ago where I had a business coach that was asking me about the numbers of people signed up and the numbers of subscribers and the number, you know, the revenues and all the rest of it and various strategies that are really good for e-commerce stores and all this kind of thing. And it really struck me like, this is not a store. This is not an e-commerce store that I'm running. This is a movement. Yeah. So that's what it feels like. It feels like the, the, the big vision is to have a million posies donated every year. Wow. Right? Between us all. Yeah. Now that is not a me sitting here with all my members. Like that's that is us all together. That's an, that requires an army of women yeah. inch <laughs> by inch taking over the UK with yeah. beautiful flowers. And and I learn so much from them as well. Mm-hmm. So I've only been this is my third year of growing. I'm a I'm a newbie baby in the gardening world, right? I'm still really new to it. But I learn all the time from people in the group who share really generously. So it's really like we're all this big team. It's not like I'm a flower guru, like leading the way. Uh-huh. It's it's that we are all in this together. Yeah. We're all growing together. Yeah. And yeah. you can definitely get a sense of that from the Facebook community and from what you're doing. Because, yeah. you know, there are so many different groups out there and so many different things you can join. But I think the Floral Project is really unique for the reasons you've just said, because it's so active, yeah. isn't it? I mean, I you know, you have, what, tens of hundreds of posts every day or every week. And so many people are really involved in it. What yeah. do you think makes it so successful? Why do you think people are kind of flock to it and I'm really on board with your project um I think it's because it's there like you said before there's nothing else like it right so there's it's you know sometimes people will say like really we're going to pay 22 pounds a month for the seeds and I'm like yeah it's not about the seeds (laughs) (laughs) so it's the it's the yes there are the seeds so you don't have to think about what to sow next right so if you have no idea what you're doing doesn't matter just you get the beautiful box through your letterbox every month just sow those right so it takes all the thinking out of it for you and yes there's an online portal that's got q a's and you know places and flower guides and sewing videos and everything all the content you need but it's it's i'm just gonna keep going back to it's like it's the feeling you get by being part of it yeah and i think that you know, people by design are always looking for a connection to something bigger than themselves. And this gives an opportunity to be part of all of us women doing this together, right? So you don't, 
doesn't matter if you well it does matter if the slugs eat all of your things they just happened to me the rise you know the mice run away with all my sweet peas one year <laughs> and everyone's like oh I, I've got some spares do you live near me like don't yeah. worry start again you know and that's my community telling me that yeah. like, we all do that for each other when there's yeah. a windy night we all go on Facebook and go quick pin your mini greenhouses down <laughs> like someone's going to be crying tomorrow don't let it be you yeah. and then someone's crying tomorrow so oh, yeah because they didn't see the pose and so everyone's supporting them and it's um it's the feeling of being part of that it's the feeling of being able to contribute and give something back mm. so many people like I, I mean I support charities and things but it's like we all I think so many of us especially in COVID it was really woken up in a lot of people it's like I have this desire to give back but I keep saying it but I don't actually do it yeah right and so once you start this you kind of can't stop <laughs> yeah exactly it, right? so it gives you an opportunity I mean our, our kind of catchphrase for a while is that right tagline whatever was like do something good with your garden mm-hmm. okay so you've got this resource already and then you get to give back so there was that part of being something bigger and then obviously the very act of what you're doing is in communing with nature which is being part of something bigger right you can't mm-hmm. fail to get touched by that when you see your first seed germinate or when you cut your first flower and you just I mean I just ogle mine in the vase yeah right? like we just can, can waste minutes just staring at them yeah yeah but it's like so on all those different levels I'm not really thought about it that way before but like on all of those different levels you're feeling connected and part of something bigger yeah you're not just passively consuming content off a screen or being in front of a screen you're actually doing something in real life with your fingers yeah definitely and definitely I I think that's right and what I love so much about the Flora project is if you're new to it which I was I mean I'd I'd grown a few things you know in the past but not with that same kind of um, enthusiasm that the Flora project kind of inspired in me but I love if you went to a garden center or you know went online to look at seeds it's so overwhelming yeah. You know, if we're just talking about all the different seeds you could sow, what I love about what you've done is, you know, every month you get your box and you've got your, these are just the five seeds and these are the instructions. It's so simple. I love yeah. it. You know, follow Nicola. She knows what she's doing. She'll tell you exactly. Do I do this? Do I do Nicola has got it. She just trust her. And I think the end result is something really, really beautiful. But the feeling yeah. of I grew that is really, really lovely. And you know, we're both coaches. And I think as I've, you know, followed the Flora Project and then expanded and looked at other places as well, there's so much of human nature that's aligned with nature and gardening, isn't there? Tell us your thoughts yeah. on those kind of, the, you know, the, the metaphors, the gardening yeah. metaphors that apply to human life. Yeah. So actually right at the beginning, I kind of really saw that. So I had the whole like... um so the the word philanthropy just came up right at the beginning. Right? Love that. I love being, that. Being <laughs> but then I was like, no, and there's florosophy as well, right? So and obviously probably many more numerous word plays, right? But the philosophy part of it is um, 
a combination of flowers and philosophy, right? But so my background is before I came to this or as well as this, I, yeah, I've been a coach since 2005. Um, I've worked as a business coach. I've worked as a, you know, a life coach. I've worked with, and then more recently, I've spent um, the last, since 2017, working with people with anxiety, stress, panic attacks, all that kind of thing in my in my other business. And, and so through that work, um, the way that I teach, the way that I coach, the understanding I have about life and how it works is what I share with my clients there, which is kind of the, the healing work that I do. And so I have a kind of quite a philosophical nature anyway. But as as coming into the world of like flowers and the garden, you could, there are so many metaphors. There's so many similarities, you know, from from becoming OK with the seasonal nature of life. Yeah, you know, like it's not always summer. You know, it's not. It's not <laughs> life isn't always supposed to be spring. Yeah. You know, there are periods of hibernation. There are periods of quiet where there doesn't look like there's much going on, but there's plenty going on underneath. It's just not visible. Yeah, there's the slowing down. Like this is one of the biggest lessons that my growers learn, and the garden continually teaches me is is the slowing down to the pace of flowers. Because mm-hmm. okay? so often I get. I sowed my seed two weeks ago and they haven't germinated yet. What's what have I done wrong? Right. And it's yeah, like, yeah, slow down. It's going to happen. And it's that there's no rush. Yeah. We're not actually going to now the seeds we're sowing now. We're not going to be planting them out in the garden till the end of March. Yeah. Right. Slow it down. And and we come. A lot of people. Project. Right. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? How do I get it? How do I how do I get the fastest flowers in the fastest amount of time? And it's like. The garden, for me personally, is here. One of the things it does, it teaches me how to slow down. You've got to get in the pace of life, how it actually works, not how you think it should work, not at the speed you imagine it should go at, not at your internal speed that you tend to run at, right? Yeah. It gives, teaches you some humility that there is a life, at, there's a speed at which life is designed to be lived. And if you if you're out of sync with that, the garden will show it to you very quickly. Yeah. And I, I I, think, I mean, there are a million metaphors and there's a million ways of thinking about it, but I think that our gardens, if you get drawn to this project or just to gardening in general, but I know that people who get drawn to this project, like our garden is here to teach us whatever it is we need to know. So whether it's about the fact that we're always rushing, whether it's about the fact that... Um, we don't have any time in our day for ourselves to go out and have some time in solitude on our own, whether it's to show us that uh, patience and resilience, whether it's to teach us to become discouragement proof, it's whether to to teach us the skills of putting your heart and soul into everything and then it being destroyed in a minute and having to cry and then wipe your tears up and pick it up and start again. I know it sounds so stupid, but my tiny little seedlings out there that the cat's already dug three up of and I only planted them out two days ago. Oh, it's okay. like that, that teaching me not to give up, teaching me that's the teaching us the, the cycle of life and how it continues no matter what, like whatever's going on between your four walls, like whatever happens in life or your, your work or your family or anything, this relentless circle of life that continues and continues in the garden that just gives you respect for that thing that's, that's bigger. And it has a different lesson to teach all of us. Yeah, I love that, Nicola. I think that's so lovely. And 
I, I love that the garden is going to teach every one of us a different thing depending yeah. on our need. I think that's so, yeah. that's so true. Like we don't know. People think, oh, I'm drawn to this project because of whatever reason we think we are, right? Like I love, I'd love to grow a cut flower patch. I'd love to have flowers yeah. on my desk. I'd love to have... I was drawn to it for that reason. Mm. In truth, we have no idea, <laughs> but yeah. we get to find out when we get in the game. Yeah. Even if you don't get in the game, even if you're one of those people, I'm mean, going to do my best, right? But there will be people who buy the seeds and never do anything with them. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how you do life. Mm-hmm. Right? That's there to show you. Like I, whether you sow the seeds or not, it's showing you all the areas that are available to you for personal growth if you're interested in that yeah definitely definitely and also I think another lovely metaphor is which you know I've learned is um you know gardeners anyone who grows anything it's very much about hope isn't it because we've got one foot in the present we're planting this thing sowing this thing but one foot very much in the future of what is this thing going to become and so it teaches you yeah. hope that there is a tomorrow, there is next year, whatever is happening in your yeah. life right now, n- next season you'll have flowers, you know, and it's um, it's really, it's, really beautiful. Especially during COVID, actually, in 2020, when we were all sowing in 2020, like say this time two years ago, we were sowing seeds, like we were all kind of locked down. It was a really, that was a really scary, hard winter in yeah. 2020. And we were sowing seeds. And as we were sowing seeds, we knew that we'd be planting them out at the end of March. We knew the following March, we knew they'd be blooming in like April, May, June. And we were like, we have, it gives me goosebumps now, no idea what world these flowers are going to bloom into. Oh, it's given me goosebumps. Yeah, it was like, like <laughs> yeah. we, at that point, it could have gone either way, right? Yeah, yeah. But these flowers are going to bloom into and the hope that was like when we come out of winter, there's gonna be it's gonna be different. Yeah. Right? It's gonna be it's gonna change. It can't not. And the flowers, you're right, they really represented that. And yeah. no matter what had happened, whichever way it had gone, right? You know, no humans left on the planet. Those flowers would have still <laughs> bloomed, right? They would have. They would have. They would have. They were sown. They were grown. They were in the ground. They were ready to go. And so that's yeah. You're right. It's just they, and I, yeah. I think it's that feeling of uh, it's a cold, rainy, horrible October day, for example. But you know that it's, you know, you don't want to go out and plant your seeds. You don't want to go into the greenhouse or do the weeding or whatever. But you know you will be grateful you did it, you know, six months from now, eight months from now. Isn't that true of anything? Any bit of hard work, you know, the pain of it is worth it. Yeah, but to me, it's not even... Well, some of the weeding is actually, but um, but they're like the sowing seeds. Like I'm, we were kind of discussing the introvert tendencies before, right? But I, one of the things that I really realised is that I love the community element of it, but also I love the fact that growing the flowers and doing the garden gives me a really good excuse to spend time on my own. Yeah, and I need time on my own to recharge my batteries. Mm-hmm. Right, I like especially when everybody was at home, all the kids, everyone was at home. It was like too many people in my house for me. Yeah. And so being able to go out in the garden, like I'm just going to go and sow some seeds, like pretending it's going to take like an hour and a half where it doesn't, but like I'm out there and I have my radio playing on my phone and the rain might be coming down on my little plastic makeshift greenhouse so I don't have a proper one. And I'm out there. And it's just quiet and the rain coming down and I'm just sowing my seeds and 
you just forget about everything else and you're just in this kind of state of flow and it's just I'm like this is I'm in my happy place yeah and then I do that for a little while and then I come back and I'm all present in the house then because I've had my time to recharge my batteries yeah and I apart from occasionally in on the yoga mat there's there's no other time I get that really that's true yeah and so it's it gives you a perfect excuse to like escape all your life's responsibilities and go (laughs) and do that so it's not even I like I look forward to it it's my treat to myself on the weekend to go and be able to go and potter about doing a bit of this and a bit of that and you know yeah definitely definitely And, and to know that everyone like to know that there are these hundreds and hundreds of women all doing the same makes me smile. So like with my cosmos seeds, like I have those flowers in my garden, right? Like those exact same seeds. Flowers yeah. in my garden. <laughs> and to know that as I'm sowing them, that uh, that there are hundreds of women all doing the same makes me just, it makes me feel all warm and giving yeah. inside basically. So definitely, yeah. definitely lovely. It's such a lovely, you know, lovely. It's a magical time, isn't it? When you're on, yeah. on your own doing something that's so you're nourished nourish. and yeah and I love the fact that people don't know I mean people are watching this in October right people don't know that you can sow seeds in October mm-hmm. and that that's one of the brilliant things about bumping into uh like someone who's going to hold your hand and take you through it so like people think oh you have to wait till February March April May time that's when you sow seeds for the garden and people don't know that no if you start now you get to start your cut flowers and you get to nurture them through the winter. And actually when it comes to spring, you'll be 50 steps ahead of anyone who starts sowing in February or March, right? They can, people can start then. Of course they can. But actually the best time to start is right now. And so being able to get your seeds and go out into the garden, and even though it's cold and dark and all the rest of you think, what am I doing? <laughs> like, or, or at the kitchen table, which is where I sowed seeds like the other day, right? Sitting at the kitchen table where it's warm and dry. And doing it there and thinking, why why would I sow seeds now? And it's it's because actually this is where nature is sowing her seeds. Right? If you look out into the garden, you'll see like seed heads dropping all over the place now and seedlings like starting to make their way up, the ones that can handle all the winter. Yeah. And so there's that, there's like learning about a whole six months of the year that you can sow seeds that you didn't imagine as well. Like if people just don't know that seed sowing is a thing. It's a thing, guys. It's a thing. You can do that <laughs> thing. thing in it's October. Thing. Nobody knows and I was that. one of those people. I thought, yeah, gardening stopped in September and, you know, hunker oh, down. No, no, no. And, yeah. We're 12 months of the year. Five, yeah. five, five, just five packets for every month of the year. Yeah. So simple and so, yeah. so effective. It's, it's lovely. And we touched on it a little bit earlier, but, um, mm. and this is all about, you know, I love helping people find, you know, <clears throat> find passion, purpose, joy, and definitely the Floral Project ticks all those boxes. For, you yeah. know, for me, it's, you know, it's, pa- you know, a light's a passion. It gives me a purpose to get up and the flowers are so joyful. But of course, with any business, and I think, you know, if it's just, just you, you haven't got a massive team of people. Yeah. It's, you talked about it earlier. It's not just that initial idea and that initial spark. It's about sustaining it. And there are times yeah. when you feel you can't. And I know, you know, we touched about on this earlier. There was a time when it did feel a bit too much for you. Is that right? And yeah, I, I just want to read this because I thought it was beautiful, Nicola, what you you read, uh, what you posted on Saturday. So if you don't, I'm going to read it. Right. And then, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it. So, you know, surprisingly, because and I was surprised. 
so you wrote a year ago I made the decision to close the floral project um we created the October October flower kit and I knew it was the final one and there was all kinds of things going on for you and you realized that your time and care was required in you know life not just the floral project and so there was a contraction a falling away of the love I had for the floral project and given that love powers this thing it was like turning off a fan and watching it slowly wind down. And then one day in February this year, I was walking my dog and the strangest thing happened. I had the feeling of my heart exploding with flowers. Weird, I know, but I have no other way to describe it. And suddenly I couldn't not do this thing. So tell me, what was that all about? What happened and what reignited the spark again for you? Yeah, well, so there's a definition which I absolutely love and I've never been able to find again ever. You know, you see those things once, you're like, where did I find that? I can't Google it, can't find it anywhere. But there's a definition of um, inspiration, to be inspired. And it was to be breathed into by God. Hmm. So the way I see it is that feeling of enthusiasm or passion that you have for something in your life, that's I'm not religious but that I love that way of thinking about it like that God has suddenly breathed into you one way he's breathed you into playing the guitar or breathed you into your dog or breathed you into flowers or whatever right into a new business direction or a new hobby or a new thing a certain book or whatever right you find yourself suddenly lit up by something and so which is great because it means it's not your job to get yourself inspired, right? Or to keep your inspiration going, right? So God breathes into us and then sometimes God has to exhale because, he's, you know, <laughs> you've got to do both, right? So sometimes the it's like, it's gone. It's gone. Where's it gone? I can't get it back. And then, and then all of a sudden you get breathed into again, right? So I feel that I'm a... <laughs> Like we're a team, whatever it is that whatever this thing is that's that's blowing inspiration into me. And then I get to use and uses my hands and fingers and types words on the keyboard and moves my legs out into the garden and fills the garden with compost, right? And gives me ideas, gives me work, gives me those words to write, you know, gives me the next photo opportunity, right? Whatever it is. Like there's a kind of a partnership between us and whatever it is that lives us. And and sometimes that you're both in harmony, right? In which case, all guns blazing, like how I feel today, right? Like really happy, really pleased to be part of all of this. Sometimes there's no inspiration, but the work still requires to be done. Like the body still needs to type, the flower kits still need to be built, the whatever. And, and so there are times like that when you're in any business or new creative endeavor where you don't feel the inspiration, but you know to keep going. Yeah. Regardless, even I don't worry about it that the inspiration isn't there. Sometimes it's not, right? God needs a break yeah. sometimes. Yeah, so yeah. He has to breathe the other way, right? Breathe in in order to be able to breathe out again. Mm. So you just keep doing the doing. And then and then it comes back again and you get relit up again, or maybe blown into a different direction. You know, I said this is my fourth business, like I get blown in different directions. And so I kind of see it a bit like that. And then sometimes you're being blown in a particular direction, but your mind doesn't want to go there. 
So like I've come, I've fallen in and out of love with the floral project so many times over the last two and a half years. Like I hate it, I don't want to do it anymore, <laughs> but I can't help myself to, yeah. that's it, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm definitely not doing it anymore. I can't keep not earning any money and spending 15 hours a day on this thing. I can't do that anymore. There are other things that need, and yet it comes back again. Like it's there to be done. Yeah. So it's like a dance between what life wants, the direction life is moving you in, and what the stories your mind is telling about that. Yeah. Definitely. And then and then under all of that, there's a simple knowing of what to do. Regardless of what the mind is saying, regardless of what's happening, you know what to do. So like I, every step of creating the floral project, I didn't know what to do. I've never grown flowers before. You're stepping into the unknown, right? So you try it, you mess it up, you try it again, you learn, you and I don't know how to source boxes and and create and and let seed packets. And I didn't know how to do an e-commerce business or a Shopify store. I didn't know how to do lots of things. I knew lots of things from my previous background, but I didn't know how to do any of this. And so you're finding and feeling your way forward and you're out of your comfort zone and it's all unfamiliar and and all that kind of thing. So but every we're built with this resource inbuilt into us that lets us know what to do in any moment. Not necessarily what to do next week or next year or next month about anything, but right here, right now. Mm. And so I I know that, I trust that. I don't have to figure it all out. I know that I'll know what to do in any moment. So, So I knew to start the floral projects. I knew when people said, how can I get going? I was like, oh, I'll do seed kits. It just, at that moment, it looked obvious. Yeah. You'd ask me six weeks before, I'd have been, you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> and then it looked obvious. And so I did that. And then, and then, you know, like I kind of shared with you a bit before, like the COVID was not kind to my children, right? It, like it was really hard for them to be locked down, but more importantly, when we all came back out. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Yeah. I have children with additional needs. And so they, they and I'm the main breadwinner in my house. So everything got a bit crazy here at home and so uh, you know I you know but at the end of 2021 <laughs> get my years right it was like I can't do this anymore I just have not got the mental bandwidth to do it and I knew to close it down yeah. so we told everybody this is the last flower kit we stopped ordering the seeds we um we closed everything down and then um you know like close the company down close the bank accounts close everything like literally took everything that turned all the memberships off all of the, everything off and then um and then all the the we had a team who was fulfilling all the boxes and all of the boxes of the sort of last few bits and bobs of seeds and stuff came back and they were sitting in my living room and I'd walk past them every day oh. and I'd be like nah Nah, nah, nah. And then I just, I had that moment where I was out walking the dog and God breathed back into me again. Yeah. Right. And that's the best way I can describe it. Like, right. Thank here, goodness right it did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And every day it's still here. I'm grateful. Right. Because you yeah. never know when it's going. But like, yeah. It's, it, this thing wants to, this thing has got a mind of its own and it wants to get out into the world and it wants mm-hmm. to take form in a way that I don't really know. I'm kind of here as a co-creator to kind of go around the edges like this and help it take form. But I kind of have, I think I finally have accepted 
that this thing is here to stay. Yeah. And, um, and I'm very grateful for that, you know? Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing that because I think it's so easy, you know, the images we see on social media and, people starting their own businesses and they just show the the successful side of it and the Instagram worthy pictures and so on. But we all know if we're just running our own businesses, it's so much more than that. There are days when you feel you cannot do another, you know, write another piece of copy or take another day. And I think it's lovely that you are open about that. And I feel that with the floral project community, yeah. everybody in it was like oh Nicola are you okay we we were there to support you through it yeah but but um I think it talks about our passions and our callings and you mentioned didn't you about what wants to call to you is that tell me a little bit about that you you said yeah well it's just like I so I spent two days with one of my business mentors and um in a small group that we're in and that was just one of the questions that she she kind of she was teaching and sharing and she, she, there's one of the quotes, it's one of the things, you know, and it's like, what are you walking away with from this time we've spent together? And that was, that was my question was what, what wants to open up inside of you? And, and it was like, I don't know, but I know something does. Yeah. Right? My, if I had to guess, it would be that it's to do with kind of, using the platform I have to help support a charity that's close to my heart. Yeah. Um, potentially there's something in that direction. Um, there's auto, I'm autistic. There's autism in my family. It might be in that direction. It might be that, you know, around mental health needs and that kind of thing. I don't know yet. Like it might be something in that. I'm not sure. But with respect to that, we did, um, so the, I was going to tell you what all the post-it notes yeah. are. Highly tell me about so, post-it notes. Yeah, so we we opened up. I opened up the flower club, like our flower club, with all the boxes in in September for four days, and just took our new members in. So this is our new member wall. So every new member that signed up during that time is their name went on here because then like these are these are my people, right? I want to look right. after these people. They're not just like oh, kaching. There's a sale. Yeah. Right. It's so much more than that. So it's like, oh yeah, Holly. I know Holly. I can look out for her in the in the group. Like um, Sylvia. You know, I, I, these people. I want to get to know them and their gardens. Right. So that's what the post-it note is. Wall is there. Right. Me, right. And I just ran out of post-its because it went uh, like more people signed up than I thought. So I had to use different kind of post-its. So people worried they're in the red zone, but it's fine. <laughs> so all our new members, like while while the doors were open, we're looking for their names on the wall and all that kind of thing. So that's that's why they're up here. But so I opened all that up and then I knew that I wanted to have a period of more quiet. Well, you know, we were saying before, like where it's quiet on the surface, but there's a lot going on underneath. So I knew I wanted to turn my attention to rather than all the razzmatazz of like, yay, bring loads of new people in and let's find the next person and the next person. I wanted to turn my attention to, um, yes, always bringing people to the floor projects so they can find out more about us, but really turn my attention to our current members and how can I best help them have the most success possible you know, creating a new members only newsletter for them and creating some more content in our secret garden area for them and just spending time hanging out with them in the Facebook group and all that kind of thing. But less rah, rah, rah and more quiet. Yeah. And then we're like, we will open up officially again next year, like in 2023. But I wanted some time and space to just 
like new baby things that that want to come up from inside of us they need a space in that in which to do that yeah and if I'm too busy running around and got a noisy mind and a noisy brain and a busy life there's there's no space for it to it'll kind of start to unfurl and then it'll close down again yeah I know that and so there's something there that it's a time now I sense there's something there that wants to open up and I don't know what it is yet it's be cool to find out wow I can't imagine I know that I can't imagine it so I'm not going to use my brain to try and figure it out I know that it will just it will reveal itself to me oh it's really cool it's like you know I don't know about you but when when you started sowing the seeds when I started sowing the seeds, I had no idea what the flowers were going to look like. <laughs> I just knew that, oh, these ones are the ones one is supposed to sow for a cut flower garden. Yeah. And, and I kind of almost didn't want to look at the pictures because I wanted to be surprised. It was like, oh, my God, that's a really tall one or that's a really short one or that's a purple one or whatever. Mm. I didn't want almost didn't want to know. And, um, and it, it's the same with this. It's like you don't know what it's going to turn into. And we get to, I get, I know it's going to be, I know it will be shown to me. It might be really fast or it might be more of a slow bloomer. I don't know. It doesn't come with instructions on the packet, (laughs) but it just, I just know that it needs nurturing. That's all. And the only way I, what I need to do is just, just create a space for it. That's Mm. all. Was that something that came out of that experience then? And there's this lovely saying, um, which is, Uh, if I get it right, learn how to rest, not quit. And I don't think as women, we do enough resting, do we? And if we, if we're any, any, anything like creative, I think what you've just said there is massively important. You need that space to be able to create rather than just do, you know, so do you think that was what you took out of the last year, maybe? Yeah, well, I think it comes from from everything I learned from basically do, 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 doing my whole life really hard until I was 42 when I completely burnt out, crashed out. And my panic attacks of 20 years all came to a massive crashing head and I just couldn't leave the house. Right? Wow. So at that point, I was forced to reflect a little more on how I was living my life. And that's that um, everything I learned that kind of turned that around for me at that period in my life, like what was that, eight, 10 years ago? That um, that has continued to inform me that suddenly seeing that there's something other than my ideas, like I live my whole life, like it's going to be, it's up to me. I'm going to push through this. I'm going to use my drive, my ambition. I need to think up the idea. I need to think up the action plan and then I need to go and do it no matter what. And uh, I think many of us at 42 wake up and go, hmm, that didn't work out so well. Yeah. I meet a lot of people who've lived the first half of their lives at that pace and speed. And then some, it's a kind of a gentle slowing down into a richer experience of life. And some more like me was a bit of a car crash. Um, but everything I've learned in the last 10 years has, taught, has pointed me towards that. It's not yeah. just, there's not just me and my tiny mind having to figure it all out and take all the actions. I'm part of something bigger. And yeah. you just have to look in the garden to see that, I mean, I can get in there and do, do, do out in the flower beds, but but there's, there's something else helping me, you know, like Mother Nature. Yeah. And just as Mother Nature is helping me in the garden to grow the flowers and is creating the flowers and it actually is the source of all of it, is the thing that takes, that cracks open the seed. I, I'm not, I'm not growing those flowers. Yeah. 
right? Like mm. Mother Nature is growing the flowers. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of mithering around the edges and putting, you know, trying to pick the slugs off. But but Mother Nature is the power behind that, and that's the same when you're creating a project or a business or a your your work. You're moving into a new passion. It's like you and like in the garden, me and Mother Nature. And when you're creating something else, I, I had no idea of the other element for the whole first, you know, first 42 years of my life. I thought right. it was all me. Yeah. I, I'd know, even though it's obvious in the, when you look in the garden, there's Mother Nature there too. And if you look in any project you've done, there's something other than just your efforting that's come into it. Definitely. And what a relief to know that, you know, we don't have to do it all and we can just step back sometimes say, let it all just take its course. Just as you yeah. said, you, you're not quite sure what this thing is yet, but you know it will come. Yeah. And trusting that gut instinct, trusting, trusting in the timing, trusting in, that's something I think we can all learn to do, yeah. you know, to just trust that whatever we need, it's right here and it just needs to germinate in its own time and yeah. at its own pace. But the, the kind of slowing down that's happened to me internally over the last few years is what's allowed that to happen. Because before I would have heard that and thought, yeah, that's a really good idea. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to, that's a great idea. I'm going to stop and not be so fast. And then I'd be sitting here going, yeah, come on then, come on then, come on then. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, actually, as I've slowed down, that just makes more sense to me. Yeah, it, just, it seems to be the way it works, and so I'm more at peace with the way it actually works. Whereas before, I would have thought the natural unfolding of anything. I'd have I'd have been out there, miracle grow. Like, can I put some? Can I put some sticks up it to make it grow faster? Googling, yeah. like, how can I get flowers faster? But but now it's like I see the beauty that comes with slow flowers. Mm, mm. you don't need to rush them yeah they do much better if you don't in fact yeah definitely which is a, you know another wonderful metaphor for creativity for for passion and purpose I love that so much and I noticed that on your website you talk about your grandmother Nora yeah. and how she was an inspiration to you tell me a little yeah. bit about about that because I feel like inspiration and passion kind of moves through the generations and I think yeah I'd love to know more about Nora she sounds amazing yeah. well I see I was um I wasn't interested in gardening when I was old enough to really kind of know my grandmother but when I was really young she used to take me out to uh Virginia water actually which is actually not yeah. far from where I live now know it. um weirdly and I remember all the I remember all the rhododendrons right when you're a kid rhododendrons are the most amazing thing yeah and I remember running about there and her always taking us there and she always had gardens but I wasn't really that interested when when I was a child and so I kind of regret that a little bit I had to go and ask you know my dad and my the rest of my family about well, what did she used to do in the garden and what 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 was it that she did and what was her background and what training did she do and all this kind of thing to kind of find out what it was that she did and I'm really gutted that I didn't find that passion while she was still with us oh. you know so I could have asked her about it I could have taken her some flowers that I'd grown oh. you know I didn't, I didn't get a chance to do that but um so it's kind of I guess it's a shame I didn't get to do that, but it's kind of one of the reasons she, I put her on my website. Mm. Like, you know, grandmother, that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And she was a floral artist, is that right? She I think so, yeah. From what from what I can find out. So she she trained and she did um I can't remember all the details. I'll have to go and look at my own websites and look at all the details again. <laughs> I can't remember them. But um yeah, she definitely she definitely um she had she you know she worked most of her life as well and she did flower stuff too. Mm-hmm. But um I like to think it's kind of come down through her. I don't know. It just feels nice, doesn't it? That you it might, does. It does. And I, you know, likewise, my my grandmother, my nan, she crocheted, and I used to watch her crocheting, and I never learned to do it until after she passed away. And then yeah. I taught myself to crochet, and I'm like, I wish I could show you. I wish I could show you all the things I've done. But I feel that. Do you feel that? You know, as women, following our passion and following that calling, that thing that's inside us, is the biggest legacy we could leave to our children our nephews our nieces our friends our families we are planting the seeds of tomorrow and their memories what do you think about that I'm kind of interested in that whole idea yeah um well I guess they like my I guess so what my kids have seen is not a traditional kind of household right Mm -hmm. so I've always been uh well since 2005 I've always been an entrepreneur I've always run my own business my husband has been a more like normal kind of worker until about four or five years ago when he stopped doing that. And now he helps me with the floor project. So they've seen me. They've seen me kind of fall over. They've seen the highs. They've seen me like create seven figure businesses. And then they've seen me start things from scratch Mm. and they've seen. So when they kind of, want to talk about any of that which is very rarely because they're teenagers now <laughs> it's either like they're they're you know occasionally they've said oh you know it's really I'm really when people ask me what my mum does I'm really proud to say oh she runs you know she runs two businesses right but but so but what they're seeing is is that developing of resilience and getting up again and being inventive and being creative and so I don't know if that inspires them to to be more follow their passions themselves or whether it inspires them to go oh my god I'm not doing that just give me a nine to five right they, yeah they could go either way it really could right yeah. they'll take from it whatever they take from it they'll either be inspired by it or they'll think not for me hmm. definitely not for me I don't want to I don't want to go down that route because they see that you know they see the they see the the the, the launches you do that bomb and they see the launches you do that succeed yeah. And they see the highs and the lows and the kind of roller coaster of any creative experience. They mm. so they see all of it. And whether it's a life they'll want for themselves, it's not a life for everyone, that's no, for sure. I, but uh, yeah. but 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 it it kind of teaches them that it's okay to be a, like that you don't have to have a problem with it being a roller coaster. Yeah. That it is life is messy and it, it hardly ever goes the way you want it. Yeah, and definitely. that's that that's just true. Now get on with your life. Yeah, right. <laughs> Rather than thinking, oh no, but it should be summer all the time. It should be sunshine and roses all the time. And if it's not, there's a problem here. Mm. I think we get to demonstrate. Oh no, it's not like that, and it doesn't have to be a problem. Yeah, which yeah. I think is a great life skill. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, the resilience to kind of weather yeah. the highs and the lows. Yeah. 
for anyone who's listening to this and you know it's I'm sure that some people are going to think I'd love to do something like that but I just don't know where to start not necessarily flowers something else you know but I'm not as creative as Nicola Rose I'm not as resilient or I've never run a business what do you think are the key things if somebody feels that kind of calling or a little germ of an idea what would you what's the best advice you could give them um it's a quote let me just get it up hang on give me two seconds yeah, no happens to hand because this is my favorite I read this out on the floor project q a the other day uh-huh. um right sometimes it makes me cry I'll warn you in advance oh, oh dear <laughs> right so it's a quote by Ira Glass Nobody tells this to people who are beginners. I wish someone had told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there is this gap. For the first couple of years, you make stuff. It's just not that good. (laughs) It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase. They quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have this special thing that we want it to have. We all go through this. And if you're just starting out or you're still in this phase, you've got to know it's normal. And the most important thing you can do is do a lot of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you will finish one story. It is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambitions. And I took longer to figure out how to do this than anyone I've ever met. It's going to take a while. It's normal to take a while. You just got to fight your way through. And obviously that's about writing, but it's 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 that. It's like if you've got a glimmer of something that's that's waking up inside of you, you can't not. So you don't have to worry about that bit, right? And then your mind will try and take you out of the game, but it's by being getting into the game that you start to learn, by getting into the game, be willing to be really bad at it, really bad at it. And and then that gap starts to close between what you want to be able to create or what you've got in your mind's eye is the vision as to what you want to create. And you start moving in the direction of it and know that you're going to fall over and get back up. And the worst thing that's going to happen is you'll be really embarrassed and then you get back <laughs> up, right? <laughs> and then, and then you know, you just, it's that keeping going rather than letting your mind take you out of the game straight away. Yeah. Overcoming that doubt, that doubt in your abilities, I guess. And what well, knowing that you're going to have the doubts in your abilities, that's really normal. People think, oh, I've got doubts, I shouldn't do it. No, you've got doubts, so you're like the same as everybody else. Now yeah. get on with it. <laughs> part of the terrain. I, that's great. Yeah. Actually, it comes at a really, really good time as I'm trying yeah. to write a novel. So that's really, really good advice. Oh, well, there you go. That Ira Glass yeah. quote is I perfect. Definitely, you know? thank you. And yeah. a perfect way to end this podcast. Nicola, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. But also, more importantly, thank you for the Floral Project. It's brought me and my friends and family so much joy. 
And I think I speak on behalf of all of your members by saying that it's brought us all joy and your enthusiasm, your dedication, your sense of humor, your persistence is just so inspirational. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for letting me spend an hour. I don't offer my family to order me now. It's really nice to be able to spend an hour talking about this. So thank you for inviting me. Anytime. And you must come back and we'll pick up another subject and we'll run with it. But thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>